the things you do are going to reflect on your grandfather, good or bad. Welcome to Athletes Doing Good Podcasts, sponsored by Robert Hack Diamonds. I'm Shelley Seward, president of Capture Sports Marketing. And I'm sports reporter Jen Latta. The Lombardi name is one of the most recognizable names in sports history, a name that has left a legacy in the NFL and the importance of giving back. This weekend, the Lombardi name will be heard in the Super Bowl pregame show as the NFL pays tribute to the legendary Coach Lombardi. John Lombardi, grandson of Coach Vince Lombardi, gives us stories from his childhood growing up with Coach Lombardi as his grandfather, his time working with Coach Belichick, and his experiences carrying on his grandfather's legacy. John's passion for the game of football and giving back to the cancer community is another example of an athlete doing good. To learn more about athletes doing good, visit CaptureSportsMarketing.com. Well, John, I'm sure you hear this all the time, but you have one of the most recognizable last names, not just in the state of Wisconsin, but in all of sports. What has carrying the name Lombardi meant to you? You know, it's interesting. When I was younger, my dad would often lecture us that our actions carried not so much maybe weight, but notice. You know, if we got in trouble when we were younger there was a good chance. Not that this happened, luckily, (laughs) knock on wood. If we got in trouble, it it was probably going to end up in the paper. If we did something, it might get more notoriety than it might for someone else. For instance, when I went off to college, it ended up in uh, the sporting news, which at the time, you know, was a big deal, not a big deal now for no other reason than just because of my last name. So I've always been kind of conscious and aware that People might pay more attention to things I did, both good and bad, because of that last name. My standard joke when people ask me or get introduced to me or find out who I am or they hear my name and they're like, are you related? And I'm like, yes, I am. It's just an accident of birth. You know, I really had nothing to do with what my grandfather did, no impact on those years. I have yet to run into a downside to uh, being a grandson to Coach Lombardi. That's pretty remarkable. What does what does your grandfather's legacy mean to you? Well, it, you know, it, it's hard for me to answer that because when he passed away, I was young. I really didn't know him that well. Having had my own kids now, my older brother had kids uh, a couple years before I did. Um, seeing my parents interact with them when they were, you know, two, three, four years old, like we were before my grandfather passed away. It was actually kind of enlightening because I had this idea that I didn't really know him or didn't spend any time with him or didn't realize what he was like or anything like that. And then I saw my own kids interacting with my parents. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, they. I had some time with him that I, I probably short shrifted myself. I don't have any real feelings about his impact from the standpoint of like, I appreciate it or I'm proud of it or or anything like that, because, you know, he's my grandfather. I was fortunate enough in my twenties to work for the Cleveland Browns when coach Belichick was there. And it's kind of a weird way. I look at what he did there and has subsequently done with the Patriots. And I I kind of have more of a, an attachment to that because even in my small little way, I was, I was there when it was happening. 
obviously I'm proud uh, of everything he's accomplished when, you know, come Sunday when the game's over and they, they start that, you know, uh, Super Bowl, you know, Lombardi Trophy song that they play. And I don't know who's going to carry it onto the field. It's usually someone who, who was on a winning team at some point and, and all the guys are reaching out to touch it. There's a lot of pride in that. I tell my kids that of all the people who in this world are famous or well-known that I, I can't think of anyone who, because he really doesn't have any downside that I know of. You know, if you're related to an actor or a movie star or a, a musician or someone like that, who's, who's well-known, you know, they've had a divorce or, you know, something in the, in their past that, uh, but, you know, when it comes to my grandfather, he really doesn't have any negativity attached to him or what he did. Um, so yeah, it, you know, that's pr- primarily it, uh, you know, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't sit here and like, you know, bask in the glory of, of who he was or what he did on a day-to-day basis. You know. Are you at ever torn about your NFL allegiances? Your brother bops around the league a little bit, you mentioned kind of an affinity maybe for the Browns or even Belichick where he's been. I see you wearing the, the green and gold for the star children's fund. <clears throat> um, so do you have a lot of like, teams that you pull for at different times? Well, you know, it was, you know, my dad, when I was little, he worked for the Seahawks and when he was, I think their fourth employee. So I was eight years old at that time. Obviously he was my father. They were the local team. So I was, you know, Seahawks fan. And then he got a job in, in New York with the league office. The Giants and Jets were local. My grandfather had coached the Giants. So I kind of leaned a little bit more towards them when we were living there. I worked for the Browns. I worked for the Titans. My brother's been with the Falcons, the Saints, and now the Chargers. You know, everyone just assumes I'm a Packer fan. Newsflash, I'm not a Packer fan. Two weeks ago, I became a big Chargers fan because my brother moved from New Orleans to uh, the Chargers. And I'm happy when the Packers do well. I'm happy to see them do well. But if they're going to play the Chargers, I know who I'm rooting for. There's a lot of conflict there. Family wins. Family wins. Coming up, we will talk with John about the upcoming Super Bowl ad featuring the legendary Coach Lombardi. But before he does, I want to tell you a little bit about today's episode sponsor, Robert Hack Diamonds. For more than 72 years, Robert Hack Diamonds has been Wisconsin's most trusted and respected name, known for diamond engagement rings, wedding rings, and custom jewelry. With a commitment to customer service, Robert Hack Diamonds applies the highest level of professionalism and expertise while guiding you in your search for an expertly crafted, stunningly beautiful diamond. For store locations or to shop online, visit roberthackdiamonds.com. Have you seen the Super Bowl with the re- commercial, with the recreation of your of your grandfather? The one that's about to come out, you mean? Yeah. No, I, I have not. ESPN had a story about it and they had like a 10 second clip. So I saw that part, but I have not seen the, the full version. Yeah, I'm excited to see it this weekend. I'm definitely excited to see it. I know you've attended um, and been involved with the Vince Lombardi Cancer Foundation that was established in Wisconsin and now on a nationwide level, but is it important for your family to, to stay involved in, in these things that are truly making an impact in the community and are named after your grandfather? There's a, a large amount of 
pride to know that his name and legacy is, is still doing good things. There's people out there who think highly enough about him that they're trying to continue to do good things in the community. One other thing my father told me, kind of back to that legacy thing, is he said, the things you do are going to reflect on your grandfather, good or bad. And that kind of always sat with me because, you know, and he also said, because he's no longer around, there's nothing he can do to make himself look better. You can only detract from that. And there's the, the cancer center at Georgetown. There's what you guys are doing up in Milwaukee. And there's the Lombardi Award down in Houston. I'm involved with some of that stuff. I've been fortunate enough to, to go into some of those hospitals with some of the players who've won the Lombardi Award in the past. And I've had patients there come up to me and thank me. And, and I was like, why are you thanking me? I didn't do anything. And you're the person who's going through this treatment, the pain, the discomfort, the, the stuff you're dealing with, and you're thanking me. The president in Houston, he pulled me aside one day and he's like, you shouldn't say that back to him. And I'm like, why? I didn't do anything. And then it's like, well, you know, you're right. I know what you mean. But to them, you kind of represent the fact that this charity, this nonprofit was able to come in and have a gala, have a dinner, have an award show, raise money. That money was then donated to the hospital that they're currently at. And they see that as a way, some way to tangibly put all that together. I told him, Rick, I said, you know, whatever I can do to help, I'm willing to help. I had a lady come up to me once and she said, I have one of those cancers that you don't come back from. It's one of those incurables. And she goes, the hospital I was at was able to come up with a treatment, one of these kind of revolutionary on the edge treatments. And part of that money that was donated went to helping her with that treatment. And she said, I am now cancer free. And, and you kind of look at that and you hear that and you can't help but want to do more. I wish I could do more. Are there any stories um, that your grandfather passed down that maybe aren't as well known? It feels like there are so many stories passed around from that era of the Green Bay Packers, that era of football. But is there anything that you kind of hold fondly that people might not be aware of from that time or from, you know, his his time? He scared the dickens out of me. I was just a toddler at the time and he would come visit. My, my dad went to college in, in St. Paul and met my mom and they, we lived there till I was eight. So he'd come over to play the Vikings or come over in the off season to see us. And he'd come in the house with that voice. I think we've all heard at some point in NFL films or something. And where are the boys? I've got an older brother and man, we just tore out. We'd be under the bed. I remember my mom telling me that kind of tore him up because he didn't want his grandsons to be scared of him. I, I don't know why. I've always had this kind of in the back of my head is supposedly my grandmother never missed a game that my grandfather coached with the exception of the day I was born. I was born in August. They had a preseason game. Actually, I think it might've been the college all-star game. And that was the only time my grandmother missed a game according to family myth and lore. And I don't know why I've held on to that, you know, for 50 something years. 
you know, it was like I was special enough that she could skip a game finally for all the years he coached. I remember last year at the Super Bowl, I was with uh, Cherry Star, and she was talking about the Ice Bowl and how at that time, you know, she was able to attend, um, but there wasn't sweets, there wasn't anything. And so she was describing the number of layers that she had on and that the woman that came over to watch the kids told her that there's no way that she should be going or sitting out there. And she responded back that there's no way that she's not going to be there. So she said, I sat there and I froze and I was on the field afterwards, but much like it sounds like your grandmother, she wasn't going to miss a game. Having been around the sport of football for as long as you have, I know that you must have stories or experiences that, you know, are unforgettable. What are some of the most memorable moments that you've had around the game of football? When I would work for the Browns, and again, Coach Belichick was the head coach there, and Pink Floyd came to Cleveland. And I'm of an age in that when the, the Pink Floyd's album, The Wall, came out, I must have been 12 or 13, something like that. And it was a number one record. You know, it's it's. I think it's hard for younger people than me to realize when you didn't have the internet and Apple Music and all that that a record that was your only form of music. The radio. I was just talking about my about that to my son the other day. I said, "You have no idea what it's like to get an album and listen to it from start to finish, or even a CD, right? For that generation, because everything is just a la carte now. You just pick yeah. the songs you want and you drop them under your phone." Yeah. So you know, Pink Floyd was always kind of a you know, and I wasn't like a huge Pink Floyd fan, but that album, The Wall. You know, especially because when you're 12 and 13, you know, we don't need no education. That really resonates with you when you're in middle school. So anyways, word starts spreading around the facility that Pink Floyd's coming and Coach Belichick's got a box and, and, you know, all the scouts and younger coaches and everything. He's going to let us, you know, come into his box. And so we're there and we're watching the concert and we've got pretty good seats and it's dark in the box you don't really know who you're talking to or standing next to. And and so between songs, I go back and grab a beer and I'm standing there watching. And I realize someone sidles up next to me and look next to me and it's coach Belichick. I worked in the scouting department. So I spent a lot of time around him, not so much socially a couple times over the years, but I kind of turn and he looks at me and he goes, isn't this effing awesome? Because he's kind of a rock and roll guy. I love that. And, uh, and I'm like, yes, it is, coach. And, uh, <laughs> you know, just kind of a human side uh, of, you know, one of the all-time greats. I was, I was happy that he, he invited us all to the thing, and I was just taken a little bit back by what he said. But, yeah, that was that's probably my one kind of wild brush with greatness. Did you know at the time that he would be as successful in the league as he's been? Well, I don't think anyone could have predicted he would have done what he's done. I had no doubt that he was a good football coach. I was fortunate enough to be around him when he was a position coach kind of a thing. And then I I was lucky enough that, you know, through a meandering years later, I, I got a job working in the the scouting department in Cleveland. So, you know, no, I, I never expected him to, you know, go to nine Super Bowls or whatever it was and win, win six of them. But I knew he was a good coach. 
what made you know that? Because I'm always curious about what the little details are that make someone a good head coach. Look, a lot of times it's association. You know, a coach has a future Hall of Fame quarterback on their roster and they're able to just work with that tool. So what were the things about him that where you were like, no, he's got it? Just a general feeling, commitment to mastering the details. One of the things people I know who've actually coached under him, they've got all sorts of little things here and there. You know, one thing is he masters the roster. We've got to be able to spread the talent around. Not to mention the 53rd guy in the roster in some cases might be as important as the 10th guy because that 53 is a gunner who's going to run down on punts and make, you know, five or six, you know, big plays for you over the course of the year. He's thinking about that 53-man team uh, as opposed to that one person. And, um, you know, I, I kind of saw a lot of that. But his just the way he worked, uh, the effort he put in. And I remember at some point during the day, we all had to sign in because the last person out had to turn on the alarm. And so a lot of us, you know, younger guys like myself, there was a big mentality to be the last person there. So you'd be sneaking down there to see, you know, how many people were still signed in. Um, you know, oh, there's only four of us left. Uh, and you, you were kind of, you, you didn't necessarily want to be the last guy, but you didn't want to be the first guy to go home. Invariably, he was the last guy there. And he was the first guy in. He just had a singleness of purpose, to kind of use a, a phrase my grandfather had, is he just wanted to coach football. The press conferences and the, the media duties, he just didn't want to do any of that because that distracted him and took him away from football. I remember being at a press conference and someone asked him a question. I think he said, that's the dumbest question I think I've ever heard. And it was, it was a stupid question. They'd signed a guard off another team who's pretty good. And they had a guard and the guy asked him if they thought about shuffling in plays with the offensive guards and uh, like tight ends or wide receivers or something. And he learned a lot of that. And then once you start winning, like he has, you get a lot more slack when it comes to, to being the gruff mean guy. My grandfather, he got away with that. Bud, Bud Lee, who just passed away, he, I remember him telling a story about um, he hated covering the Packers because it was so hard to deal with my grandfather, but he loved it because they won. And there was nothing better than covering a team that's winning. Covering a team that's losing sucks. So that kind of paradox of he kind of thought that if they didn't win, they'd be able to run him out of town, but he won and they weren't able to. You were successful. I hope when you see that Lombardi Trophy awarded that you feel that pride because you should. It has been so great to have you. We we appreciate your perspective, obviously, on your grandfather's legacy, but on all things. I, for one, have really enjoyed hearing about Bill Belichick because he feels like one of those like walnuts you just can't crack. So any insight to him as a person is always really fascinating to me. So thank you so much for that. Well, thank you for having me and good luck with everything. Uh, I, I know I just uh, listened to your last podcast. Congratulations on uh, a million downloads in, uh, what, six months? That's, that's phenomenal. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Athletes Doing Good, sponsored by Robert Hack Diamonds. Go to CaptureSportsMarketing.com to listen to our other interviews and to hear stories about the person behind the player and the people behind the team who are making an impact on others.